This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to our Intersection podcast with your host, Julius. This podcast is intended to promote different voices from the Upper Valley, sharing their experiences of community and providing a forum for each participant to be heard without comment or judgment. Our guest today will remain anonymous, and we invite you listener to just simply listen. So my first question, what is your personal vision or definition of community? My personal definition for community has definitely changed over the years, but where I've landed now is more about people living in the same area, but it's not geographic based. It's also about like how these different people interact and what values they share. And There's also personal values, embracing the differences among the people in this group and the sense of like belonging, a sense of inclusion. So what experience has shaped that vision? So I have a background in the scientific ecology classes. My definition of community is definitely influenced by some of that education of like, you know, looking at like populations, community and ecosystems and That's where, like, the piece about, like, for me, community, it's, like, rooted in that, in those distinctions. Because, like, for population, you just have, like, the same species of people living together in a geographic area, Mm -hmm. right? But with the community, it's different species living together, right? And it's still in a same area. But a key point of that, like, the key ingredient is how these different people interact, For me in the community, we're talking about people, right? In the scientific term, it'd be more like different species. And essentially the fact that something that happens to me would also impact somebody else in the same community. Okay. Right. So then there's that sense of like looking out for each other Mm -hmm. and recognizing like shared struggles. Mm -hmm. And for me growing up in Los Angeles and specifically East LA, the community there was, there's a lot of people who looked like me. And it was very easy to feel included, very easy to feel like I belonged in that community. As soon as I stepped into other parts of L.A., then there was like, I don't know if I belong here. You know, I'm talking more like the the wealthy, the like West parts of L.A. So those experiences of like just knowing like very clearly and, and the experiences of living in a place that is pretty segregated, too, of it's really clear when that feeling of when I feel I belong and when I feel that I don't and definitely felt like I belonged in the place where I grew up in East LA. And when I went off to college, I went to a place that was predominantly white and it was my first experience of actually feeling like a minority. There's not a lot of people here that look like me. And there was still some like subgroups. There was like clubs, like affinity clubs that I would gravitate towards. And I'm grateful that I had those because they were support systems, too. And that helped me see that it's not just about, like, you know, people who look like me, but also recognizing that there even people who look like there's a lot of differences. Like there's a lot of different experiences that we have. But the commonalities that we share and usually around like the values and some shared perspectives, shared experiences is greater than our differences. To go back to what you said, species, can you kind of define a little bit more when you say species? Uh, is that more people or are you talking about something other than just people? Yeah. So when that was more thinking about like 
when I was in school, like the definitions that we had regarding like populations, community and ecosystems. Okay. So species was like just very clearly like, you know, homo sapiens and like other types of animals. So okay. but so that's where I'm saying like it's kind of informed and influenced by my understanding of what a community means in that particular okay. educational mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. But as I apply it to like my personal life, it's not like, all right, all species here. It's um, all humans are, are one community. It's more nuanced than that. When you go back and talk about your definition of community, I just want to ask you a question about that. Can you just kind of give me a brief explanation or a brief of what that looked like as a community when you was growing up in, in East L.A.? Yeah, so when I was in East L.A., and my parents are immigrants and they're, well, asylum seekers. So they, they fled their home country from a U.S.-backed military coup and faced a lot of violence in their home country. So it wasn't just like, you know, in pursuit of a better life. Not to say that that isn't a justified reason to right. immigrate to a different country. So growing up in East L.A., there was a lot of other immigrants, a lot of people who spoke the same language as me. And also from like, Spanish-speaking population, but from different countries. Mm-hmm. And having that, like, shared, like, when I was in school, even though in school it wasn't, we were often, like, reprimanded for, like, speaking in Spanish. Like, it was very well understood, like, the code switching, you know, of, like, using some words in English, using some words um, in Spanish. So just having that, like, shared understanding of, like, this is how we communicate and having that again like the sense of belonging and the sense of like protection mm-hmm. of we're gonna look out for each other times where like i my sisters are supposed to pick me up from school and there's times where my sister would forget <laughs> there would be other people looking out for me and like they knew where i live they knew my my family and so they would walk me home mm-hmm. you know and so that sense of like we got you we got your back how did that make you feel um, well, now that you reflect back on those times about what you just described. I felt very, like, loved and cared for. I felt seen and just grateful that I grew up around these people, at, around people who had so much impact in my life and who saw the value of me being there enough to, like, care for me and look after me and welcome me as part of the community. You mentioned the word um, earlier, belonging. It sounds like that's what you're describing. Yeah. It's reinforced in, in these interactions that we would have. How do you experience community here in the Upper Valley? Well, I think I'd just start by saying it's very lacking. <laughs> um, based on if I were to compare, you know, that feeling that I had growing up, the community that I had growing up, in East LA, there's so much here that just doesn't translate. I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel seen here. I don't feel valued most of the times being here. I feel like, and if I go back to like the scientific terms, like here in the Upper Valley, I would see it more of just like a population. We're just a bunch of individuals of the same species. And we may interact with each other, but the influence of like networks of influence are severely lacking. So what happens to me 
may not bother like it, it doesn't even register for others so if an act of violence uh, an act of discrimination were to happen to me i don't necessarily feel like like others would rally against me i feel like that's the norm around here of like you you look out for each other which i know sounds weird compared to other people's experience of the upper valley because i when i talk to other people people who don't look like me people who are white who grew up in these in this area i think they would describe something quite the opposite of like you know you you know your neighbors um you look out for each other but that just hasn't been my experience not trying to put words in your mouth but would you um say that they're numb to yeah, I would, I would even say uh, another word that I heard recently used is callous. What do you do to build community here in the Upper Valley? Most recently, it's been, and this is like the past two, two years since really like the start of the pandemic, is using my voice to speak towards my experiences and show that others who look like we're not one that we're here you know we're in this area and we belong in this area and that there is support for others who may be feeling very lonely who may be feeling othered in these communities being ostracized and creating platforms of like here's how here's how we can engage how we can gather so um more specifically, like two years ago, I've been working with a group of organizers, community organizers, to build this network for BIPOC in the state on specific like area issue areas. And it started as an online community, and just like around these similar, uh, it was a ne- it's a network for BIPOC, so there's that one of those commonalities. But we also know that that's there's a lot of diversity when we talk about BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color. The, their shared commonality is like these these issue areas that we focus on. And one thing that struck me when I was introduced to this group is when I spoke out about experiences of discrimination, that my story and other people's stories were strikingly similar. And it felt like it felt like a relief of like, oh my God, somebody understands. But also the sadness of this is a pattern. Mm-hmm. It's not just me, and it's a lot of people who look like me. How do, are how are you building community through these organizations? Yeah. And what is it? How are you doing it? Yeah. So like, there's an active like listserv where we just like share offerings, which can range from like, hey, I have like I I have chickens and I have eggs to offer up, or I I'm starting my garden. I have some like extra tomato stars. Does anybody want some? I'm working on this home project and there's extra, one time there was like a wood stove. So there's a listserv where people have those like offerings and also make requests of like, hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for childcare. I'm looking for, does anyone know about rentals in this area? Um, And also sharing events. And so there's that listserv and then there's also like community gatherings that we host in the in the midst of the pandemic, these were virtual community dinners. So there'd be in the evenings. And it sounds funny, too, because it's like we go on Zoom and we have dinner together. But it's like, you know, we're in, we're in our own homes. We're on a Zoom screen. It's just a place to gather 
and not feel like there there's a mission or a purpose to gather aside from just like enjoying each other's company. And I think those spaces are so badly needed of just we're just going to connect. There's no other ask of you because I think people in the BIPOC community, because we are in low numbers and because we live in a place that seems very like progressive and liberal, there's often tons of asks made from us. Oftentimes like tokenizing of just, we want to show that there's some diversity here. We want to we want to see some melanin in the room. So there's all these asks for you to come. And oftentimes it's extractive. It's just, I want to get something from you. So these gatherings are just, just come, have fun, enjoy the company. Rest. Get some nourishment. Food is medicine. <laughs> are you just, are you saying that just to get together is, is. It's powerful. Is, is powerful. In other words, it's, even and if it's, it's just sitting on a TV looking at Zoom and watching somebody just chit-chatting, right? It's how it starts, too. It's not the, like, end-all, be-all. It's not, like, I think eventually there is, and not even, like, parallel to that. We also have other gatherings that are specific of, like, and they emerge from these community dinners where we'll be chatting and then it'll be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had, you know, a forum to discuss X, Y, Z, and then we do. We create a forum to like talk about like a, and I mean like a virtual space to talk about it. So we do. There is more like organized things that happen, aimed at like how do we move to get move actions? How do we advocate for changes that we want to see? So that does happen. But I think it all starts in these like let's just gather, let's learn about each other, let's learn what, let's not make assumptions of what needs to happen or what you want to happen let's just build relationships at this point let's build a system of support and the rest will come so would you say that that is kind of like the the foundation the the number one priority before you even move forward yeah and it's a very conscious decision and i want to say that like we are focused the network is of and for Black, Indigenous, people of color. And so we rightly focus on building those relationships first. We've had, since our formation, there's been tons of requests from other organizations, white-led organizations who are like, we want to partner with you. Sometimes in that tokenizing way of just like, we got this grant and we want to show that we're working with communities of color. And we've made that conscious decision of, hey, we need to prioritize our own community first. So we've built kind of a firewall of like, for a startup organization, we don't have funds, we don't have staff. We're doing this because it brings us joy. But all of us all have, you know, jobs. We've got family responsibilities. So there's very limited capacity. So with that limited capacity, we need to choose what to prioritize. And we're prioritizing building those relationships. Because that is, that is just Absolutely. fundamental. It, it's, I think it's also part of that mission of being like a network because and and of recognizing where a community stands on an issue where a community wants to move on a specific issue because you can gather you know five BIPOC on an issue but if there hasn't been time to like process as a group 
you just have five individuals and you have to recognize there's a lot of diversity in the like in the term BIPOC like we don't all think alike we don't all have the same experiences and perspectives and opinions and values so there needs to be space for building that like group processing sharing of our experiences our perspective and then a landing of like all right here's how we feel as individuals here's where we land as a group as a community think about a time when you felt like you were a valued member of the upper valley community so summer of 2020 when there was a lot of high profile murders from the police against black people there was a rally in South Royalton in response to those acts of violence. And it's not even just the violence, the like lack of justice too, because it happens. And then our society then lets it go. Like the police oftentimes face zero repercussions for that, for murdering innocent people. So I just want to name that because I feel like oftentimes it isn't named. It's not just the violence, it's the lack of justice. Mm-hmm. So there was this rally that was organized in South Royalton, and there was a lot of diversity in the crowd. Diversity in the crowd, like racial diversity, and a lot of speakers from Vermont Law School, community speakers as well. And I saw a lot of people color up on that stage. And it was one of the first times that I felt like I was seen without having to take center stage, that I was heard without having to open my mouth. Because the things that I felt, the experiences I've had, were shared by the people up on that stage. And it was, it was a time where I did feel like I'm part of this community because I'm part of, I see myself in these people that are up there on that stage. Why was that experience positive for you? Yeah. Why it was so positive is because pretty much up until then, I had felt the opposite. I felt like if I wanted to be seen, I needed to take center stage. If I needed, and not even myself personally, but if my stories, if my values, if I wanted those to be seen and heard, I needed to be the one who was going to speak up. And there was times where it felt so isolating, like you're, you're invisible, but hyper visible because invisible in the sense that you're rarely granted a seat at the table. There's very few people who people, particularly in positions of power, positions in like prominence in the community. So there's the invisibleness in that sense of we're just not there where it matters in the conversations that matter making decisions and there's a hyper visibility of when you are there there's all eyes on you mm-hmm. and it, there's this like weight there's this responsibility of like I need to get this right because I'm not just speaking for myself I'm speaking for people who share my stories and feels like such immense pressure on you because there was times where I was in the room as the only person of color speaking of issues of racial injustice, trying to move people, trying to, and mostly white people who felt like, who understood my goals, you know, like who could, 
who could say, yes, we want to root out all racial injustice. We want to root out white supremacy and all of that. But I disagree that I need to take action or that we as an organization need to take action or I disagree in your approach. And so there's that burden of feeling like I need to change their mind and it's on me. And so when I see somebody else up there, it feels like a sigh of relief of like, I am not alone. It's not all on me. What would you like to see more of to encourage even more inclusion in our community? I want to see less talk and more action. There's so many people who say that, you know, these are our values, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And then when you ask them, okay, so what are you doing about it? The most they can answer is we're paying a consultant to train us on how to be more diverse, to train us on how to be more inclusive. We, we wrote a statement about it. There's very little action of like showing that, okay, but when it comes down to it, like aside, of, aside from this training that you're buying, how is it actually making any difference? I feel like there's this like paralysis that happens with a lot of not just people, but also like on the organization level of this pro this problem, this issue is so much greater than me or the organization that it's it's not even worth getting involved, aside from just putting a mission statement, you know. So I I wanna see more action and I want and part of what those actions look like is doing a lot of internal reflection of whether it's on an individual standpoint or on an organizational, on a municipal level of where are we failing. Part of that is going to need to be like listening to people who have experienced that exclusion and understanding like how did I contribute to that? And maybe it's not directly, but like, okay, maybe if I didn't directly contribute to that, how can I disrupt that? How can I make sure that that doesn't happen again? How can we as a community make sure that that doesn't happen again? So part of that, I think, is important. Like what you're doing today, Julius, is asking people to speak about their experiences because I think there's a naivety of like the Upper Valley is inclusive. You know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an issue of whether people feel welcome. They're just not here because they're not here, which is a lie. We're here. It's not a recruitment. It's not about trying to get more people here. It's about getting the people who are here to stay. And why are they leaving? Why do you think they're leaving? Because I don't think there's any one thing in particular. I think it's a host of things. I guess I would just start with like instances of racial discrimination and instances also of feeling othered of walking down the street and like being maybe nobody says anything but like the body language everything lets you know that you don't belong here and when people do speak up oftentimes the least harmful is being ignored the most harmful being retaliated against and I've witnessed that myself of like direct retaliation for speaking up to my experiences and the issues of racial injustice in the Upper Valley. So why would I stay? 
why would I stay if I don't feel valued in this community? If no one's going to speak up for me when these things happen, if when I speak up, if I speak up, if I feel empowered to speak up, I'm either going to be ignored or I may lose my job. I don't know, be, be treated uh, differently and differently, not just like, but like retaliated against. What keeps you here? I see me staying here as an active form of rebellion and resistance. There are so many times that I would just like, I'm leaving. Like, this isn't worth it. This, this isn't worth the toll it's taking on my mental health. But what makes me stay is that there are other people here too. And if I leave, who's there to support them? I guess that goes back to you being an advocate for those individuals who can't speak. I get in, in a more like visible, but just like even on an individual standpoint, you know, there's, there is a sense of like responsibility because I see them as part of my community, mm-hmm. you know, like when I think about community in the Upper Valley, which like I said, for me, it feels extremely lacking. But I think of people like you, Julius, people like my very close group and what would me leaving and similarly what if they leave who's my support system here so is there anything else you want to add anything that you want to add to the conversation that we just had that you think will be helpful for those who may be listening asking the people who who are listening to ask hard questions of the institutions that they are part of whether they're a student whether it's the employer they work for community organization that they volunteer for of asking what are what specifically are you doing to make people particularly BIPOC in our communities feel welcome here and similarly what have you done to make them not feel welcome here and I think that there there's a whole conversation that needs to happen around restorative justice because we're seeing now that it's buzzwords now, like with a lot of organizations, whether it be schools or like businesses, nonprofits, just throwing around DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so it's a hot topic now, right? And everyone, everybody wants to say that they're doing something. And even on an individual level, people want to like post on social media and show like I support this Black Lives Matter it's not but again like what are the specific things that you are doing that work against you and to the restorative justice piece now that there's all this conversation about DEI and people wanting to build relationships with the BIPOC community what's lacking is understanding What do these organizations who have benefited from white supremacy, who have at times perpetuated those inequalities, what are they doing to right those wrongs? Because if they're not acknowledging the ways that they benefit from these systems, the ways that they actively perpetuate these inequalities, then you're taking one step forward and two steps back. And you're tokenizing these people that you want to be in relationship with, that you want to have as partners, because you're not doing the work that's necessary. So questioning, again, like, you know, if you don't see that representation, the MIPOC representation in an organization, 
what's missing. That sounds like a big challenge for the people in the Upper Valley. Anything else? Thank you for having me here. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. So thank you to our today's guests for sharing their experience of inclusion and exclusion here in the Upper Valley. If you like to lend your voice and your experience to this podcast, please contact us at intersections at catv number eight dot org. That's intersections with an S at catv the number eight dot org. Again, thanks for our listening. Thank you for listening, and we thank our guests for speaking. Thank you for listening to CATV podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is C-A-T-V, the number eight, dot org. You can find all of our podcasts under the listen section on our homepage.